Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, calling in live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We've got yet another fantastic show lined up for you guys. We have my co-host, the Associate Dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey, calling in from Richmond, Indiana. Hello there, Jack. Hello, how are you today? I am wonderful. Beautiful, sunny, no clouds in the sky day here in Bonita Springs. I'm not jealous at all here in Indiana. <laughs> Can't detect any notes of jealousy in my voice. <laughs> well, after last week's show, boy oh boy, I don't know how we're going to top these things week after week, but we always seem to. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe uh, the people that are coming on, including our guest today, Anna Hoffman. Want me to introduce you, Anna? Are you here, Anna? Yes, I am, Jack and Gina. Good morning. Hey, it's always good to actually know that you're here before we start. Awesome. Well, I'll just do a little rundown of Anna so everybody can know who you are, and and you can add anything you'd like to the end of that. But Anna Hoffman runs a no-nonsense traffic generation cafe where she freely shares advice on getting more traffic by all free means possible, like SEO traffic, social media traffic, and blog promotion, as well as converting that traffic, very important, into email subscribers and paying customers. You can get her free bite-sized traffic hacks email series uh, and that is at traffic, TrafficologyBlueprint.com, TrafficologyBlueprint.com, and I'm sure we'll be talking more about that today as we get into it with Anna. Anna, welcome. Thank you so much, Jack, again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So this is uh, Traffic Masters, and you seem to be a perfectly targeted guest for us. I don't know how we continue to do this, people who know stuff about traffic. So... Um, What's been on your mind lately? What what about traffic that, you know, are, do, well, first let's start. Do you work with a lot of clients or do you do a lot of education or is it kind of both worlds? Well, considering that I don't like people all that much, that's why I be, hide behind my computer. I gave up <laughs> the business. You know, people, they just, they just cause all kinds of troubles. It's so much easier just to blog and do it that way. So that's basically what I do. You know, I... I love to write, I love to share what I learn, and I love learning. So blogging is a perfect outlet for me to um, tell people to pass on what I'm learning. And uh, traffic generation is sort of, you know, like uh, I, I love I love figuring out different ways of doing the same old thing. And I love uh, figuring out how to do it much better and much quicker. You know, because, um, I mean, truth be told, not everybody has hours upon hours a day to listen to, you know, hours upon hours of um, 
Google Hangouts or podcasts or read, you know, 5,000-word blog posts to learn something that could be summed up in two bullet points, right? So right. Uh, that's basically what I love doing. And, you know, I was just thinking about the show this morning, and I was thinking, how could, you know, I need a better tagline. And then I thought, and I'm going to run it by you. You tell me what you think, Jack. Um, I thought, <laughs> I speak bullet points. What do you think for a tagline? How does that sound? Repeat it again. Let's mull this over. I speak bullet points. I speak bullet points. Yes. I Does like that. Man, that's what everybody yeah. needs, isn't it? On the, what I was going to ask you or what I wanted to lead into, I try to do this with everybody, is um, that whole idea, and by the way, we'll get along famously with your attitude toward you know, having individual clients and things like that. I feel exactly the same way. And I would really rather just do the blogging part or just the stuff that you do on your own and then, and then work with people in groups. And, um, you know, because sometimes people will act a little differently with you in a private setting than they will in a group because they're in front of everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that everybody's looking for bullet points for everything, just everything. The reason that people don't have time is because they're also out there, I think, looking at this plethora of opportunities to bring traffic to themselves, to mm-hmm. bring attention to their business. And it's, I, I said this the other day to someone, it's almost exactly the same effect as when in 1999 we only had like forum, a forum, a forum to go to as marketers to learn from and a couple of other ways to get traffic and that was it. And, mm-hmm. But now we have more ways to get traffic than you can possibly ever use I was on Facebook last night for about three hours, just run, just setting up and running a Facebook ad campaign. One source of traffic, just one of the billions that there are. And I was like, it's really easy to see why people can't get anything done because they're either going to go and chase too many things and they'll never be able to do any one right, or they just get like I've gotten in the past and just stare at your computer going, I, I just don't know which one to pick. So Absolutely. maybe we can start off there, and, and you could give us a little insight on, on, on that topic. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So you hear a lot these days that you need to be everywhere. You need to appear to be everywhere. How on earth are you expected to do that? That's impossible, right? <laughs> That's no wonder business owners and website owners run around like chickens without their heads because they have no idea what to focus on. And they think that literally being everywhere means that you have to set up a profile on every single social media network and you have to be there and you have to respond to comments the second they come in. And you know, it's just too overwhelming. So we don't have or we don't make the time to focus on things that actually build our business. We focus on the busy work. And don't get me wrong, sometimes we do need to do the busy work. Sometimes we do need to take an hour and just hang out and just talk and listen to people and comment on their posts and kind of, you know, get your feelers out as far as who is the big wig in your niche. Who do you need to connect with? What are people talking about? Because you do need to stay in touch. So, again, you know, I'm not saying that busy work, I love busy work. I love to just, you know, be there. Unfortunately, it kills my day, so I kind of have to structure myself to keep myself away from going into the dark hole of social media. 
<laughs> but so going back to your question, you know, you do need to uh, appearing to be everywhere is very different from actually being everywhere. And the way you do that is by leveraging. So you need to learn, you as a business owner, website owner, in my opinion, the best thing you can do for your traffic generation is to learn how to leverage. Leverage everything around you. Leverage your content that you already have because as you may or may not know, not you, Jack, I know you know that. (laughs) The listeners might not. It's a lot easier to take your existing blog post and leverage it through creating a slide share presentation, a YouTube video, a SoundCloud, a SoundCloud um, soundtrack, you know, than to write a new one. It's a lot easier yeah. to do that. And that's what gives you the appearance of being everywhere because you're taking the same piece of content that you've worked hours upon hours, hopefully, because if you didn't, then it's not worth, you know, much of anything. So right. you need to take that and you need to leverage it and you need to squeeze all, you know, juice out of it as you can. You know, you need to milk it for all it's worth. And that's where your leverage comes in. You know, that's how you start. All of a sudden people come to me and say, hey, you seem to be everywhere. I see you on SlideShare, on YouTube, on social media. But the truth is it's the same pieces of content that I have produced. They're just packaged differently. And that's the most important thing that so many website owners I feel are missing out on. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, it, again, it's intimidating, right? I, you know, right. I hear that all the time. I have no idea how to spell SlideShare. How am I going to put up a presentation there? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's where... Well, you know, it's, it's actually, yeah. it's very, very funny. You have two major points of serendipity in, in what you just said. One is leverage. And I know Gina probably sat bold upright when you started talking about leveraging content and using it multiple – I mean, that's exactly what we teach at Directions University. And an, and another thing is, uh, you know, I just saw – we were in a web development meeting for my um, for my firm, Brick Road Media. This morning we're going to change our site. And so I was meeting with the uh, developer and my partner and coming up with ideas of what we want to do with the site. And we're looking around at little inspiration sites, and one of the ones that I saw – I mean, we started talking about content marketing and how that's all going to fit in and – um, you know, things that we call ultimate guide posts, just those, you know, those really giant posts that people are amazed that you did it, let alone the content is good. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. oh, my mm-hmm. God, this is such a huge resource. I'm bookmarking this. I won't ever be able to read it all today. Those kinds of posts. And we found this guy's site, and it was really interesting. I couldn't figure out what he was doing, but he had uh, over two and 300 comments on native WordPress comments. He wasn't even using social media comments. He was mm-hmm. actually getting people to comment on his WordPress blog comments, which is just unheard of nowadays, to get that level of engagement. I'm like, what's he doing? And then I started clicking around. I realized he doesn't really even have his blog set up traditionally like a blog. Every single article that it looks like you can go to, like in a regular WordPress navigation, there's no way to go to a general blog page anywhere. He's actually got only the articles, and he promotes them all the time. So he's got three articles on the front page of his site. The top has a real nice lead capture form, and then underneath starts the three pieces of content that have these unheard of amounts of 
you know, the tweets, like 1,700 tweets and all this kind of stuff. What I figured out he was doing is he's parking that content there because he knows, like we all figured out, that the whole world has not seen that content. It would take a long time for his whole market to ever see that whole, you know, chain of blog posts. But we used to just blog, and then it would just immediately start to be buried. And all that work, like you said, would just be gone. And you did all that work, but it only got so much attention. And that was when the web was a lot less fractured, and everybody's attention span was a little bit longer. You know, and now it's just nothing. It's like um, everybody has the attention span of a gnat. So your point about bullet points and then also camping out on things and promoting them, and you know, not having people think that, well, I put it out there on all my social streams, so everybody that I can possibly think of has already seen it, because that's not true. <laughs> Hardly right. anybody. If you put it on your Facebook page, only 18 of your 5,000 people have seen it, because Facebook throttles that. And then if by very definition of social media. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just trying to support what you're saying because I so completely understand. And you're so right. You know, people are so afraid to post to social media more than once. And that completely defeats the purpose because take Twitter, take Facebook. You know, as you said on Facebook, if you're lucky, 18 people out of 5,000 will ever see anything you post. On Twitter, your content just gets pushed down within minutes, literally. So you you have to, have to, have to. So this is another thing that I think is so important that people, people uh, miss out on. 20% of your time is about content, creating new stuff. 80% of your time is all about promoting the content that you already created because content on its own will never generate traffic. It's the promotion that will bring you traffic. And again, that's where the leverage comes in, not just content leverage, but also the next important thing, I think, is relationship leverage. You know, you have to build a network of people around you who love what you do, who share the same vision, who you, your content complements what they're doing online, and they want to share everything they see from you. So you have to spend that time, that 80% of your time, promoting your content, but also engaging with people who can promote your content. It's even more important than for you to, you know, post on Twitter the same post four times a day. You know, you need to think bigger than that and say, well, instead of post posting it four times a day, let me spend my time getting that one person who whenever they tweet something, it seems like everybody else starts tweeting it. That's what you need to yeah. do. So that's where your busy work becomes much less busier and much more, you know, purposeful. You find those yeah. people and you zero in on them, you find ways to connect with them, you start promoting them so that eventually, you know, it's going to come full circle and they will start promoting you. Exactly. You know, and if you're squeamish about uh, posting something multiple times, you can do it as many times as you want and have a different post every single time. You can post a, um, you can make the blog post link the main thing that you share on Facebook or Google Plus the first time, and it'll pull the image out of your blog post, and it'll be that way that we always promote ourselves first. 
And uh-huh. then what are you going to do? Everybody's like, I can't bug everybody. Well, first of all, you haven't bugged everybody because you haven't nearly begun to even reach everybody. Absolutely. So you can come back and put a different picture in a status update and a quote from Tony Robbins or somebody and then put the link in your status update so it doesn't go and grab the picture and it doesn't look the same, but it is. It's linking to the same blog post, and you can do that a thousand mm-hmm. times. I mean, don't Absolutely. you know? There is a level of obnoxiousness that you can reach, but it certainly isn't at two or three times. You can promote one thing many times, and then also setting up a schedule. Do you do you do this where you set up? I'm going to promote whatever I'm doing. The blog post that I did just now. And then when I'm out there, while I'm out there, a little bit later in the day, I'll come back and promote something that I did again last week. I promoted it last week, but I'm going to do it again this week because you still need to make three or four appearances on social, whatever social channels you use. Is that something like what you do? Um, Absolutely. And uh, the best way to do it is uh, this is what I've learned uh, from my experience is that so you take your blog post, and if you're worth two pennies, um, you know, the way you write is you break your content down into sections, you know, um, sort of that have headings and, um, you know, like contain one thought of some sort that amounts to your entire post. So you take that thought, you take that heading. Um, so, for instance, you write a blog post of, you know, 15 ways to promote your next blog post, whatever. So you have 15 ways. That means you have 15 sections that you can possibly promote on social media, each one separately. So create a graphic. It doesn't take that long. Once you kind of get the feeling of how to do it, use Canva. Canva is great for that. Once you do that, just create a quick graphic with your heading and a catchy image and post that little section on Google+, on Facebook, tweet about it, and it looks like a completely different post every time. And people respond to that because that's, quick and easy, they can learn something very quickly. And then if they want to learn more, they go to your post where they can read all 15 of them. That's how you leverage Mm -hmm. content on social media. You don't just, you know, compose one tweet and then you share that same tweet, you share that same update, you know, every other day. That's, you know, when you said, Jack, you know, that's the level of obnoxiousness at some point people will start like, you know, really, do you have anything fresh to say? But yeah. that's how package the same post over and over again and uh, make make it your goal to publish, to promote yourself. You have to promote yourself because if you don't promote yourself, nobody else will, trust me. But at least one Well, and also, if, you, if that makes people squeamish, I always tell them you're not really – promoting yourself, you put that blog post together to serve somebody. You you really wanted somebody to come, or a lot of bodies, to come and go, I am so thankful that Anna wrote this. She's really thinking about me. She's really helping me. So if some people are squeamish about marketing at all, they're just they just don't and that's why they that's another reason why some people go out and they only promote themselves once across their social network. And the thing is, if, you're, if you think that you're serving people because that's what you're doing, then they really, really need to see what you've got. And they don't really, really need to see what you've got because you want to sell them a $1,000 product. If that happens, that's great because that's how you designed your funnel and everything else. But at the very end of the day, you know, we get what we get but to the degree that we serve. That's what we believe at DU. So, you know, all the money that we get, yeah, there's marketing involved, but – 
but we, we really look at it as going out and serving people. So when I follow people like you, I, I appreciate it when you are doubling up on something that you'd promoted before, and I saw it before, um, mm-hmm. that I can tell. You leave cues. You don't completely try to hide the fact that it is the same blog post for those of us who are always online and are your best evangelists in your, you know, for your company and all that kind of stuff. Give us little cues that it's the same article that we already read, and you'll never make anybody mad. Because they won't click on it. They'll go, oh, I already saw that. And we and everybody's pretty familiar with this because this has been done by thousands and thousands of people already. So people are already trained to see that people multi-promote the same thing. And they just look for the little cues. Is this the article that she wrote last? Oh, yeah, I saw that, I, and I won't have to click on it. So if you don't try to hide it, that's another obnoxious point. So we're not saying do that. <laughs> but, you know, make new pictures, make a new status update. If it's, you know, do section 14 out of the 15 things, and then we'll get the queue. Uh, those of us diehard users or your diehard followers will be able to see very easily that this is the next thing. And then other people who never saw it before at all or didn't pay attention to the first one, didn't like your first 13 things out of that <laughs> blog post, but the 14th one was like, holy, wow, that's mm-hmm. now I, now I got a click. You would have never gotten that person if you didn't go all the way to number 14. They weren't impressed with 1 to 13. No, or they weren't around. They didn't see them, or they didn't have time, and they, they bookmarked one of them, or they, they said, I'll come back to this later, however they save it. And, of course, most of the time we know, we all know, we don't do that. So we need those extra reminders, and we're very thankful for them. Sometimes people will put something up, and tell me this this isn't true for everybody. Somebody will put something up, I just don't have the time, and I don't even know what to do with it, I, and I get on to something else. And then they put something up again, and that's a service to me because I did want to read it, and now I do have time, and I've lost the link. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to read the first one if I tried because I didn't know where it was. I didn't take the time I was going too fast, but I did – see that it was something I would like to read someday, if that person hadn't come back and put it up again, I would never have gotten back to it, and I would have been unserved. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I was just going to say, Jean is chomping at the bit for one of her questions. She's got a question about one of your blog posts, uh, not making enough money online. What's that about, Gina? Uh, Jack, you're going to love this. This article oh, starts with... Your online business is a bridge from your life as you have it to your life as you see it. Tech, isn't that exactly what we talk about all the time with our students? Actually, I'm going to think that some of our students are going to think Anna is a plant because she says so many things that are exactly what we talk about at DU. And, yes, that's just another example. You heard her talking about the leverage and using content. A lot of people don't talk like that. They say blog a lot. You need a lot because you need a lot of search terms, and you just got to keep, you know. So, yeah, I believe it. And in this article, you go on to make this confession, why your business is not making as much money as it should. But one of the big points in it that I'm taking away after reading it is how important it is to really know what your strengths are and what you're good at. And the confession you make towards the end is you realize several years into business that you are an affiliate marketer and that's what you're meant to do to make money in your business. Mm-hmm. For people who are just out there driving traffic and it's not turning into sales, what could they do or what should they do to really look at what they 
should be doing to make money differently. You know, Gina, I'm so glad you brought up the pose because I wrote it about a year ago. And about a year ago, oh, so many things have changed since then. And uh, the reason why they have changed so so much is because I think one of the most important things that we can do for our businesses is to sit back, observe, and to be patient because great ideas are not born in a day. So back a year ago, I was convinced that I'm an affiliate marketer at heart because that's the only thing that ever spoke to me. Because everybody who said, you need to create your own product, I thought that they're nuts. Who needs another, you know, huge course on something that people don't have time for? Who needs another, um, you know, another education method. And after a year of kind of looking at my own business and see what it is that I'm missing in my business, I had sort of a eureka moment. And um, I'm actually creating my own product now. I just started two months ago. And the idea was born from the fact that I did not have the time, the resources, the energy to keep up with all the traffic generation methods around me. And, uh, you know, traffic generation is my business. You would think I should keep up with all of that so that I can tell my readers about it. And if I'm having a hard time with with it, (laughs) how can I teach them? So I started creating what I did for myself. And I've been doing that for a long time for myself. I don't know why it never occurred to me that other people might want that. I create checklists and systems. So if you think about it, our business is a system. Everything around us is a system. Our life is a system. So a system that consists of smaller subsystems. So as a system, each system has mechanics of how you can get things done quicker, more efficiently, and with better results. And that's through optimizing those systems and making them work better and tweaking them to see what works better, you know. So that's what I've been doing for Traffic Generation Cafe. So one of the most um, popular posts on my blog is um, a post where I um, published a checklist of things, of exact steps, steps that I do after I publish a blog post. How do I promote it? You know, step by step, this is what you do, this is what you do. And I tweak it constantly because things change, right? So that was the most important, uh, one of the most popular posts at Traffic Generation Cafe. And it never occurred to me to stop and ask myself why. And then somebody has to point it out to me because people need that because we all could use a, a system of doing something better. And isn't it great when somebody else does the legwork and create that system for us? So I started doing checklists. You know, checklists like content leverage is one of my favorite topics because people, it's the most intimidating thing. Yet once you know how to do it, it's the easiest thing that you can do for your traffic generation. So I started doing checklists. So how do you create your profile on SlideShare to make the most of it? How do you create a, a SlideShare presentation to make the most of it? How do you turn, you know, a 2,000-word um, uh, post into 10 bullet points that you can turn into a 
successful slideshare presentation. So things like that, just step by step, all of a sudden that became my Eureka. And now I'm creating my own product that's called um, the Traffic-College Blueprint, and that's exactly what I'm doing, just very bullet point, checklist-oriented, one step at a time, this is what you can do to make your business better today and to drive more traffic today. So I'm really very excited. You know, affiliate marketing is still um, right there up my alley. I love promoting products that others slave to make. I mean, seriously. How can they afford to pay affiliate marketers 50 75%? I don't get it. But I guess it works. So and I love that aspect of affiliate marketing. Now, let someone else do the hard work, but I just realized that I have a lot more to give, you know? So You already know what it means to leverage content to drive traffic. What we teach at DU is something we call the vortex model of doing business, and it's based on the premise that all kinds of content should be repurposed and leveraged in a very strategic way so that not only are you repurposing content to drive traffic, you're also repurposing content in a way that better monetizes the business so that you don't just have one thing to sell but multiple things to sell all by creating a handful of products. Absolutely. I can abso- I absolutely dig that, <laughs> and I love that. And, uh, I mean, just, you know, I'm trying to help you guys here to, you know, confirm the grounds that you're standing on. Just think about it this way. No two people accept the same content the same way. Some people absolutely. like to read. Some people would better listen. Some people need an image to drive it in. So, for instance, for me, you know, I'm not a good listener. I don't, you know, I need a, I need text in front of me to get it, you know. But people learn differently. And if you, all you do is publish boring blog posts, guess what? Very few people will come back to it because that's not how they get it. So you have to package those blog posts differently for different audiences that you have. You have to. And if you follow the content leverage system, as you know, it becomes much easier. So you take your blog post, you take 10 points, main 10 points out of it, you turn that into a slideshare presentation, then you do, you know, talk through your presentation and record a video of walking through those slides. Now you have a YouTube video. Then you separate the MP4 file and post it as a podcast or SoundCloud file, and now you have a podcast. Dump all those links back to your blog post so that people who come to you have a choice of consuming your content in a different way. And all of a sudden, a boring post turns into something viral because people can relate to it. People can share it, you know. So it's pretty incredible. I love just thinking about the possibilities of everything, you know, that we can do with the same boring piece of content. Jack, we yeah, we've got probably to get to Anna out that... onto a call to talk about being a DU faculty member. I have never <laughs> met anyone that literally says word for word exactly the way 
I would teach content leverage and what you just described, ever. Uh, Our bachelor's uh, students are laughing right now like crazy. I know you guys are. If you're listening to us live or you're listening to the recording, you're cracking up because you must think that we totally planted Anna here. Like, here, Anna, here's what you need to say about traffic and, and, and leverage and things like that, but I assure you that we didn't. It's just very uncanny <laughs> that you – yeah, it's it's like you're a, a bachelor's graduate without ever having gone through the bachelor's program. It's so wild and so cool. Um, we probably ought to clear one thing up, though, because at the beginning you said – and we both made a big deal out of it's not important to feel like you need to be everywhere. And in being everywhere, you, you, you end up not being anywhere significantly. Mm-hmm. The, reason that, the reason that I picked up that you can actually be seen everywhere is because you have a system. You don't look at it like, well, I've got to get traffic from Facebook, but I don't know how. Or I've got to get traffic from YouTube. I'm going to go over there, and I'm just going to spend a bunch of time thinking about how I'm going to mm-hmm. get traffic from it. What makes the difference is your content leverage system, you know, and having a system that, okay, after I do a blog post, what are all the checklist items that I need to do to convert this to slides, to video, to audio, and where do I need to go put all of these things? Then it's then you are actually getting to uh, most of the places that your ideal market surfs, which is an old saying of mine. That's what power linking in 2002 was about, is showing up everywhere your target market surfs, everywhere that you possibly can, but that also opened up that can of worms that if you don't have a system like you're, de- you're describing, then it's just a deer in the headlights moment. You just don't know what to do. And I think that's Absolutely. where we find most people. They have a presence sort of everywhere. Nobody's really actually going to those things. And people don't know as marketers what they're supposed to do on each one of those things. So having that Absolutely. checklist, and we call it an editorial calendar, uh, same thing, though. I mean, just having a set of things that you do after every single one, and now you guys can see why you can't post a blog post every single minute of the day anymore because all of this support goes behind it. Like you said earlier, that's a really good way to look at it, 20% spent on your content, 80% spent on your marketing, and that means that you can't be a hardcore blogger like we used to in the old days where we would just totally waste content by blogging every day or three or four times a day sometimes. I know, and you know, I used to do it. So I've had Traffic Generation Cafe for about four years. So about three years back, I decided to do an experiment and blog every day. It was exhausting. And um, did my traffic go up? Yes, it did. But it only went up because there was content, but the content didn't have any depth to it. So yes, people came, but then they bounced just as quickly because there wasn't anything of value to them. I didn't solve any problems by posting every day. So when you leverage your content, first of all, your original piece of content, whatever it may be, whether it's blog posts or if you're a podcaster, it's a podcast, whatever it is, it it we would hope that it solves somebody's problem, right? Because if it doesn't, then why on earth did you put it out? Go redo it. So assuming that it solves the problem in its core, now you need to solve the problem of how your listeners, your readers, your viewers would consume that content. And that's what content leverage system is about. And I think I have a great example of of kind of driving home of how important it is to have a system. I told my husband about it two days ago, and his mind was just blown away. He'll never load toilet paper 
the same way again. I swear to you. So, <laughs> okay, so toilet paper, right? How do you load it on the toilet paper holder? It's a system. You go into the cabinet where you keep the toilet paper. You unwrap it. You put the wrapper in the trash. You put the toilet paper on the holder. See, everything has a step that you do. You've done it so many times that you know exactly the process. It takes you 30 seconds maybe to do that. But here's an aha moment. Maybe not aha, like wow, but still. So do you load toilet paper with the top sheet up on top or at the bottom? Because a lot of people, you know, from what I've asked around, it seems like it's 50-50. Some people never think about it. So when they go sit down on the toilet, especially, you know, it happens in darkness in the middle of the night, they have to fuss to find that that sheet of paper that starts unrolling it, right? Because they never yeah. know if they load it with a sheet on the top or on the bottom. This is the core of a system because once you decide what the most efficient way is for you to get the toilet paper when you need it, You'll be doing it for the rest of your life like that. That's a one-time decision. That's an optimization of a system of loading toilet paper. And I know it kind of sounds stupid, but if you think about it, that's what content leverage is about. So if you optimize every single step so well that you know you can do it with your closed eyes, and now all of a sudden, you know, the slide print your presentation used to take you two hours to come up with. But because you zeroed in on the steps, on the best way to do it, now you can do it in 30 minutes. And that's how you maximize your being everywhere. You improve the systems around you. You make them work better for you. So to me, that's sort of mind-blowing. I don't know but uh, you know, your listeners, but if, if I, I love this kind of stuff. Well, I'm certainly not going to look at toilet paper the same way again. I always get in an argument with my wife about the cat, which we don't own a cat. But the reason that it has to be, the the, the roll has to be put on a certain way so that the cat can't unroll it. Like you see in all those pictures all the time all over the, and we don't even have a cat, but I'm still concerned and that's how it goes on. I have a system and that's how it always goes on. And she just thinks that's utterly ridiculous because they've always done it a different way. But each of us can get the job done very quickly, very efficiently, without even thinking about it. And it, it's, yeah, I think it's the getting people from thinking about it conceptually. Okay, you guys are talking about all of this stuff about how I go out to all these different sites, how I create content that is from the very beginning before I even make a title, it's already thinking about how it's going to look and how it's going to, how it's going to be reacted to on all the different sites once I put it out there on social. Before I even finish writing it, I'm thinking about that. Okay, I got I got that. I get that. Okay, so you're compartmentalizing everything, but they still you have to cross that line of of conceptualizing it and actually doing it. And I think then some people might stumble because they're wondering, well, does what you do even work? Should I that sounds easier than the way I'm doing it, which is mainly worrying and I'm spending too much time because I don't have systems. Okay, I could use less time worrying and systems all that stuff, but if I'm doing the right thing, but does what you do even work? You know, so all of the effort that you are putting in, even though you do have a system, does what you do work? And you, maybe you can talk to that, how your system is working for you. Before and generating she the does, I want to jump in for one second. So, okay. 
one of the I, I love the toilet paper example. I mean, what a brilliant analogy, Anna. Thank what you. I've really noticed is in optimizing systems, most people are so totally clueless, right? Okay, instead of trying this tool, I'll try that tool. I'll try Canva instead of Paint or Paint instead of Photoshop. Well, that's part of what you're saying. What I really heard you saying is how you tweak the system and what you do to optimize the system really changes based on the outcome that you want. Mm -hmm. If your outcome is it's in the dark and you want to be able to grab the toilet paper quickly and effectively, that's one outcome and you'll do it one way. But somebody else might actually want the toilet paper to become a toy for the cat and still be able to use it when they want it to. How they choose to optimize it might be a little bit different than what you might choose to do. So, uh, for our listeners, I really want them to think about it in those terms. That's, that's the brilliance of the example is if you take that example and apply to it, what is the outcome that you want from whatever system you're tweaking? You're going to get that optimization that you're looking for much faster, don't you think, Anna? Absolutely. And as Jack said, you know, so he loads paper, uh, toilet paper differently, but both he and his wife get the job done very quickly and efficiently. And that's what counts, you know. So you tweak those systems until it works for you because we all think differently, obviously, and that's a good thing. But, you know, you need to kind of take those steps because for the most part, system optimization is a one-time deal. You get it right, you get it the way it feels right, and yes, sometime along the way things change a little bit. So Canva goes out of business, God forbid, you know, then you have to switch to something else. Things do change, but improvements to a system generally don't take nearly as long as creating a new system. So as long as you have a system in place, you know, things become a cinch, and all of a sudden you find yourself that you are maximizing the time that you have working in your business, that you are getting better results with less time because you're doing it more efficiently and because you're doing it the way that your brain works. And um, now I think Jack was talking a little bit about the output and how do we, you know, it's important to test the output with our readers because just because, you know, a system speaks to our mind and that's how it feels natural to us doesn't mean that it's going to be accepted, right? So that goes for anything that we do. So you write a blog post and you think this is, you know, just this tremendous blog post that will solve everybody's problem once and for all. And then you hear nothing. Nobody wants to share it. Nobody's reading it. Guess what? You know, something might be wrong and you could ask a friend of or two on social media, so what do you think about that post? Really, did it not come across as I would want it to. And that's with every single piece of content. You know, you go to Google Hangouts, and some shows are go incredibly well. People come, they interact, and then sometimes they're just, nobody wants to watch a show. You know, there's a problem with content, and we shouldn't be afraid to ask because that's the best way to find out whether what we're doing is working because in the end we 
want to solve somebody else's problem. And as Jack said, meet them where they are, but we need to know where that place is. So interaction with your targeted audience, with your community. And that's why, you know, being out there is so important. Even though, you know, at face value, it might be, it might be looked at as a waste of time, just hanging out on social media or, you know, just going reading blogs in, in your shoulder niche or even your competitors' blogs and just hanging out with people. But it's important because without that, you're not in tune with your output. You know, it might not be well-received, so who cares that you have a perfect system? If nobody wants to hear, listen, view your content, your system sucks. You need to redo the whole thing. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still thinking, I'm taking my own toilet paper to Gina's house when I visit oh, the next time. Oh. Yeah, a, I knew that would be She the lets her cat play with it. I, I can't abide by that. That's just, uh, no, you can't. <laughs> but well, that's what I wanted to bring up because I, I, I didn't want people fact. to leave with that excuse. I don't want people to have that in their, okay, so Anna broke it down, and i, I got to find a way out of this. It's, otherwise, I'm going to succeed, and I can't have that, their subconscious is telling them. And one of the things that they would use to get out of it is, well, what if this doesn't even work? And then that's the question that people can leave it at. It's like, well, I had that question in my head, so I'm not going any further with anything. I'm just going to keep floundering and nobody says those words but the back of their mind and and the statistics of how many people try to make a business work and fail at it uh year uh, year in and year out you know there's got to be some of that at play so i always want to knock down those those things as much as we can it has to be a system that's based on success or is that is working towards success and like you said it's easier to you know tweak it and go wait a minute this person does it this way I see what Anna's doing on her blog with her Google comments or something like that, and it, it's going to change my system. I'm going to change that because she's probably done testing. I heard her on Traffic Masters. She's been doing this a long time, so she probably knows that it's better to do it that way than the way that I was thinking about doing it. So let me go test that and just put it into my system instead of not having a system at all and flying all over the place with what you do with your content, how you design your site, how you design your funnel, and every time it's different, and every time you look at it, you have a new idea when you haven't fully tested the old idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a conundrum that people find themselves in 100% of the time. Whenever they're, you know, It might not be at the same stage of development in their business, but everybody will 100% of the time run into that. We do, and we've been doing this for a combined 30 years. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, I, I want to help people so they don't uh, – fall into those traps, or at least you can recognize it when you do. Do you help people with with stuff like that? I mean, is that some part of the content, or do you you take up that that thing to try to get people to understand? Because at the end of the day, isn't it really easy what we do? Once you understand what we do, it's pretty easy. Compared to, I mean, I used to, when I was in high school, I used to uh, lift dog food onto pallets, 50-pound bags for eight hours a day. That was hard. That's what I consider hard. This blogging thing and traffic and marketing on the Internet is nowhere near hard once you understand it, just like I had to understand how to stack bags at one point. <laughs> I, I totally I totally get it, uh, Jack. And uh, here's the thing. I think being everywhere starts with being in one place and doing it well. And 
don't go anywhere until you master that one place, then move on to something else. Here's what I mean. So when I first started Traffic Generation Cafe, first of all, it wasn't my first blog. My first blog completely flopped because, guess what, I had no idea how to drive traffic to it. I was told that you need to blog. I was blogging, but then I couldn't figure, so what? So people will just find me? How? That made no sense whatsoever. So after kind of, you know, trying it for a while, for about a year, um, I gave up the whole thing because I realized that without, um, without traffic, Traffic is the bloodline, as you know. But then, so you need, you know, you need traffic. Then what, right? Where do you start? How do you not get overwhelmed? And one very smart thing that I happened to do, not because I'm smart, it's just, you know, it just happened to happen that way. Um, I focused on one traffic generation strategy, Twitter, when I first started the blog. And in two months, I had people coming to my blog, like Daniel Dogan. He is the... Um, founder of Triber.com, and he left me a comment. He's like, I had no idea your blog was only two months old because it looks like it's been here forever because I had hundreds of comments on each post because I had so much traffic. And guess what? The only one thing I did was learn everything I could about Twitter and Twitter traffic generation. And I tweaked it and I tweaked it until I got it right. And that's all I did for Traffic Generation Cafe for the first three months. And in the first three months, my Alexa rank, not that it's that important, but, you know, it kind of gives you an idea, was below 20K, which is incredible nice. in three months. And Twitter did it. And only because, again, somehow, miraculously, I had the brain to focus on one thing. And once I focused on that thing, amazing things happened. All of a sudden, people from Twitter, took my post to Facebook. And now people started finding me through Facebook because they saw others share my posts. And I was thinking, well, I don't even do anything on Facebook. How is it that I'm getting traffic from them, you know? And it kept going on and on. So it's like a snowball effect. But you have to start with one thing. And, um, you know, I'm sure you read, uh, your listeners are now thinking, well, yeah, that's all great. How do I start with one thing? How do I know? whether I should go to Facebook or Google Plus or SlideShare or YouTube. You know, where do I start? There's really no clear-cut answer, but if I had to give you an answer in like two minutes or less, there are a couple of very important things that you can do. If your blog you've been blogging or your site is, you know, let's say at least a year old, you're already getting some traction, some traffic, so you already have an idea where the best traffic is coming from, you know, not just the quantity of it, but the quality. What kind of traffic stays the most and reads the most pages on your blog? What, you know, what traffic responds the best to your content? That's your answer right there. You zero in on that traffic generation and improve the heck out of it until you can't think of anything else you can do. And stick with it. You know, it's not, you can't see results after a week. You know, that's how people give up their online businesses because they expect too much too quickly. And when they don't get it, well, then it doesn't work the same, yeah? So they leave. Mm. You can't do that. Invest at least a month of your time and learn everything you can. Then, I mean, I just say 30 days because it seems like a good number. It doesn't have to be 30 days, but it has to be something tangible. 
before you can say one way or another, it works or it doesn't work. Then you move on. If it does work, you find ways to automate what you've been doing successfully. You, you know, hone in on your system. You improve it until it's easy for you to maintain it. And then you move on to the next system, to the next traffic generation source, and start working on that. So Isn't that, it funny that, how the Internet, it seems to both be oversold and undersold at the same time? People could come on the Internet with, I mean, somebody. They had to know somebody in their family or somebody associated that, that has a real-world business. And they know how hard that is. They know how hard it, that person worked to get themselves to wherever they were, you know, wherever they are now. And then the, over, the, the Internet gets oversold like instant riches and instant success, and it's a quick way to drive traffic, which will get to your – and then people are getting unsatisfied, dissatisfied with their results in, like you say, a week or a month. Or It's so funny. It's both over and undersold. If people would just stick to – it's not going to take you nearly as long as if you started a brick-and-mortar business, but it will mm-hmm. take you know this amount of time, maybe six months before or just – just say patience is more important than the amount of time. It will be shorter than businesses have ever gotten off the ground and become successful in the history of mankind, but it's not going to necessarily be next week either. It's kind of weird, isn't it, that we have to even have that discussion, but we see it out there all the time. I know. It's just, I guess it's human nature, you know, especially uh, especially in this country, I would say. You know, it's more, much more so because we want it quick. We want fast food. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, you know... Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and you know what? That's how, there's nothing we can do about it. There's We can tell people till we're blue in the face that they need to have patience, they need to give it time. But in the end, you know, it's like natural selection. Those who are not willing will fall away, and those who are, it's better for us because our businesses will flourish because in the end they'll be the only ones standing. So every one of your listeners has a choice. What kind of business do they want to see? You know, do they want to see a long-term business that might not generate a huge amount of money in the first year, two, three? Who knows? But then five, six years down the road, you can quit your, quit your job and be very happy at a golfing community somewhere. You know, I mean, it really is up to you and the amount of of intensity that you put in your business is exactly what you'll get out of it. So. It just takes patience no matter what you do and no matter how you look at it. So it just does. So, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Good. Great, great advice today. I, I want to move. We've got about four, yeah, about four minutes left, and I okay. want to talk about Traffic Generation Cafe. I know you said that you have a course that you're building right now, but um, it looks like you have something that says, who else wants to increase web traffic in 30 days? What's the best way to get in your sphere of influence so people can learn more of this awesome stuff from you? Well, um, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm very bullet point, bite-sized information. You know, I'm I'm going away from writing 5,000-word blog posts because people don't have the time. And if you write something that people don't have the time for, um, that means that you're not answering their problem. You're not addressing their problem in the correct way. So, um, my email series is all about kind of giving you very quick traffic generation hacks, tips, advice, call it whatever you want to, but the core point is that it's so concise that you can take it back to your business today and you 
can test it out and you can make a system out of it and you can use the heck out of it to generate as much or as little traffic as you want to. So that's sort of what I do in my newsletter. You know, I kind of packed it with um, a lot of stuff that I've used to grow my personal blog. So, I mean, Traffic Generation Cafe. So I know it works, you know. Um, and um, if you give it a shot, it will work for you too. So come to Traffic Generation Cafe. Sign up for my email newsletter. Also, another good thing that I really um going to drive in for you is that, you know, you have to stay in touch with the rest of the world while building your business. And that includes staying in touch with what's going on in the marketing industry, what, what's going on, uh, the things that affect your business, but if you don't know about them, you're not responding to them right. So what I do at Traffic Generation Cafe, I'm, I'm addicted to reading marketing news, and I publish all of them as I read them. In, I call them my marketing weekly marketing skinnies, so very short bursts of information, just what you need to know about you know, what's going on around the marketing world. Nothing that you don't need to know. And then every Saturday, I publish my skin as a traffic generation cafe. And that gives you like a, you know, it's a two-minute read for the most part. You will know everything you need to know about, you know, what's go- well, Twitter came out with their native video platform today. Or Matt Cutts spoke at Chapel Hill in North Carolina. You know, what did he say? I mean, those are the bite-sized facts that you really need to know for your business to function properly. So those are the two important things that you can find at Traffic Generation Cafe. Of course, aside from the fact that I just love traffic and I write a lot about it, so you can learn quite a few things if you just read my blog posts as well. Awesome. Gina, do you have any final questions for Anna in the little bit of time that we have left? Other than to say, Anna, we really want to make sure that we connect with you off the air. I think there's a whole lot we can do together, don't you, Jack? Oh, absolutely. I've already run the idea of an honorary degree past Gina, and you would be the first recipient of it if I had my druthers. So, oh, so <laughs> And I'm serious sweet. about that. I, I, it's unbelievable how much we have in common and the way that we do marketing and uh you know it's just it would be good to to stay in touch with you it was really really great to meet you and i'm going to be a massive fan of your blog from here on out <laughs> right back at you jack and gina thank you so much for having me i really loved the conversation so we'll definitely get carried on through social media and wherever else Absolutely. Awesome. We both are active on Google Plus, so just hit us up on Google Plus and we'll set up a time for us to get together, Anna. Absolutely. Will do. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. And remember, everyone, to sign up for Anna's free bite sized traffic hacks at what was the link, Jack? It's not telling me on the control panel all of a sudden. Uh, TrafficGenerationCafe.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anna. Have a good day, guys. Bye-bye. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.